My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. My name is Patrick Mendelson. Some of you may know me as Patch. I play a Tudak, the half-orc paladin on Discount Dungeons. We're an actual play podcast releasing every other week on Wednesdays. If you want to find me, you can find me at at Patchster0730. Or you can find us on our main Twitter account at at Discount underscore D&D. You can find the podcast itself on most major platforms. And we also have a Discord as well as a Patreon. Can I help you? Sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you. I'm here trying to learn more about the strange things going on. Wouldn't happen to know anything about that. No problem, would you? Apart from having to deal with them, not much, unfortunately. Try. They've been asking me ever since I got here. Not a problem I usually run into. Seems like it's had more of an upswing in recent months. I've been having to fight off more than I care to admit. You said you were just coming in. If you don't mind me asking, what does that mean? I'm not from around here. I heard strange reports and decided to come investigate. Partially the gnolls, but most of it's about the virus. That damn virus. We thought we had gotten rid of it in Blea, but... Seems that it's starting to spread its tendrils further. You say we? You travel with others? I wouldn't have called them my first choice, but they're a dependable group. People that I think I could consider friends at some point. Where are your companions? I tend to travel alone, but I have friends everywhere. My name is Istra, by the way. A Tudak. Of the Crimson Dawn. A pleasure to meet you. And I hope this is a fortuitous encounter. Could I have another mead? It's been a difficult few weeks, and I'm looking to unwind for once. Understandable. You want to talk about it? What else has been going on here? Well, I think it might be best to start, maybe not the beginning of my adventure, but who I am. I came from an order known as the Children of Light. They were working to spread the word of the twins, these two gods that have done many great things. We were focused on getting the word out through might rather than discussion. I took part in a battle with them and was struck down. Instead of getting me any help, they left me to die. Terrible. It was expected, though. It's a great honor to die in battle. As you can tell, I'm still here. Someone found me and nursed me back to health, and from then on, I've been making my own path. I'm hoping to establish my own church in the future and spread my own message about the twins. Do you plan to do so through discussion or through force? I think that from here on out, discussion is going to be more preferable. I'm willing to fight for what I believe, though. That's understandable. Being willing to fight and not actively seeking to beat everyone into submissions, there's a big difference there. 
I agree, though. It is still difficult to shake those chains of battle. That mindset of trading blows, spilling blood. It's all fresh in my mind. Understandable. So, what brought you to dealing with the virus? Or what brought you to the people you travel with now? Well, we started out as mercenaries, actually. We were hired to escort a caravan to safety. There's been some civil unrest between nations, as is often the case. But we reached a city and found it overrun with gnolls. It was a dangerous situation. We were lucky to find some assistance, although we didn't know that was the case at the time. None of the people who I currently work with knew each other from the outset. And we all have our secrets. We found out that one of our team members, Anastasia, was a member of an order known as the Arbiters. They go around from place to place, you know, doing what they can. Large-scale police force, in a sense. The Arbiters were the ones who were able to help us out during that time, though it wasn't without some, if I may say, disturbing moments. That there are the methods you find disturbing. It's, I wouldn't say it's their methods per se, it's more the events of what happened. There was a large battle right before we were able to make our escape, and I was knocked unconscious, and from what I've been told after the fact, in an attempt to help out, Anastasia picked up a flail that controlled her mind, and in doing so, nearly ended mine. As you can guess, that caused a bit of tension. Did she know the flail was going to control her mind, or, or did she find it? It was being held by a flint that we were fighting that seemed to be leading the gnolls. I know now that it was not her intention to do such a thing. She's done more than enough to make right since then. She also seems to be coming around to my way of thinking. She's been asking a lot about the twins, and I foresee her being a good member, or force, once we establish ourselves better. But that being said, she helped us escape with the rest of with the Arbiters, but unfortunately we were then kind of indebted to them and they were utilizing our abilities. That's what brought us to Balea, the city that seemed to be ground zero for the virus. I think I've heard a mention of that. It's rather a large city, so that wouldn't surprise me. When we arrived there, it was filled to bursting outside the gates with people wanting to get in, trying to keep safe. This virus was dangerous. Coughing, wheezing, blood. It it was very difficult to see what dangers were wrought upon the city. And even some of my friends. A few of them were also infected. It took all my efforts and some divine intervention to clear them of that ailment. But I'm only one being. That kind of danger is something that's far beyond my ability. Oh, you were able to help your friends, but you able to help anyone else and you wish you could I certainly do we were able to find some information some details that could be used to find a cure of some kind so we had to deal with some large monstrosity and I had to I, I didn't have to but I ended up killing someone that might not have deserved it and it still weighs heavily on me I can oh by the way you speak of it 
never easy when you when something like that happens. Sometimes we find ourselves in impossible situations. I agree. And uh, you're talking about impossible situations, dealing with all this virus. I, I found myself in a nearly impossible situation where my abilities were a lot less help. We were trying to find some members of the Arbiters who had gone ahead of us but had gone missing. From what I understand, we found one that might have been staying at a small tavern. Of course, when we arrived, it was fight night. And I'm not normally one to back down from a challenge. So I made my way to the front and decided to lay claim to the next battle. Two competitors decided the next battle was to start then and there, and they jumped me. (laughs) It's the kind of thing I used to love growing up. Just one of those knock-down, all-out brawls. It's the kind of thing that really gets the blood pumping. And that's the kind of thing I live for. Sometimes I can't resist it myself. I'm stronger than I look. Trust me, I know that power can come from somewhere that may not be expected. You would be quite interested to meet some of our team members. Skizix and Stacy come to mind right off the bat. They're quite the pair and wouldn't have expected it from the beginning, but having learned a few things recently... It doesn't surprise me that they get along the way that they do. Sounds like there's quite a story there. Well, it's one that we're currently unraveling, to be honest. I can tell you what I know. You seem like the type that appreciates stories like this. But I do. After we did as much as we could in Balea with the virus, the Arbiters bid us to look into a goblin tribe that had learned the secrets of explosives of... Massive weapons of that nature. Obviously something like that in a group that on the best days can be a little difficult is not ideal. We did what we could to help out on that front and luckily we had some assistance this time around. When we arrived at our destination there was a man there to greet us. His name was Corvin. Friendly person at first glance, got along with everyone. He seemed to take a particular interest in Stacy, our tiefling friend. That's not always a good sign. And people take particular interest in tieflings. It certainly wasn't. Well, we found the tribe, and when they weren't, we weren't trying to convince them to join our side, they let us know that the Clan of Ash, the group that Skizix and Stacy come from, had a high-ranking member nearby to them, which is where they learned their new abilities. Against the recommendation of the Arbiters, we decided it would be best for us to look into that and see if we could capture or maybe take down that member. When we arrived, we found the member, and then, out of nowhere, Corvin decides to disintegrate him. That's extreme. And we found out who Corvin really was. His name is Kane, and he's one of the highest-ranking members of the Clan of Ash. He knew Skizix, and he especially knew Stacy. Stacy's real name is Ecstasy, and she's the leader of the Clan of Ash. Oh, that's quite a surprise to find out. You think we were surprised? How do you think Stacy felt? She knew nothing about it. She had amnesia, didn't know who she was apart from her name as far as I understand it. Surprisingly common problem among adventurers. Mm. Mm. 
I think if you ever speak to Skizix, he'll probably be able to tell you far more than I could. Needless to say, we all love Stacy as a friend or his family, so we're all doing all that we could to jump in and protect her, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I may have been a little violent. Use my rose here to give him a sharp poke in the chest. It did enough, and he left us. Probably deserves it. If it were me, he would have deserved a lot worse. But that's for another time. He's extremely powerful, I can tell you that. But I don't imagine that when we meet him again, it'll go quite as easily as it did this last time. I imagine not. It's amazing how much power adventures can accrue during short periods of time. Very, very true. We've all been learning things about ourselves. Some of the abilities that are starting to show themselves have been quite interesting. Do you know of the Kenku? Yes, I do. I haven't met many, but I'm very unfamiliar with them. Well, we have two of them. Two very interesting. One of them. Really? Two? <laughs> two. Are they related, or did you just happen to find two? They aren't related, but they have known each other for a while, so they, for lack of a better phrase, flock together. <laughs> they are quite, quite impressive. The one, Zara, is a musician of talent that I would never have expected. She's quite impressive and rather inspiring as well. The other one, Kaka, never seen a better crack shot with a bow. What he lacks in awareness, he makes up for with determination. Sounds like a very interesting combination there. Very interesting. I imagine could be rather deadly as well. Of one lord people into complacency, while the other takes them out from a distance. <laughs> that... That idea has been floated a few times. You should have actually seen them after we were all thrown in jail, after the Arbiter saved us from the Knolls. I don't blame them for it. They had to check and make sure we were reasonable and not going to attack them in any way or anything like that. Those two were trying everything they could to get out of their cells. You know, picking locks with feathers, trying to break down a harmonica to try and pick the lock, trying to get the materials for a rope trick. <laughs> They're very resourceful. I just want to know how turning a harmonica into a lockpick would work. Well, honestly, not very well. But... Zara, I guess, I couldn't quite see it from myself, but she was able to break it apart and use some of the pieces to try and pick the lock. Unfortunately, she broke the harmonica, but as you know Kenku are, she replicated the sound herself. She's extremely talented. Now I need to travel with one of them sometime. I'm sure we can get you in touch with one or both of them. Many of the party, I'm sure, would be interested in meeting with you, though... I will forewarn you that given everything that just happened with Kane, you can understand why they would be hesitant to interact with someone they don't know. That's, that's totally understandable. Well, you mentioned that you thought that the virus was gone, but then it came back. What happened? We didn't think it was gone completely, but we thought it was contained. When we were in Balea, there were quite a few members of the Clan of Ash that were seeking to spread the virus as wide as they could in the name of Korapesht, god of disease and pestilence. They're a difficult sort, and they believe very strongly in their ideals, and as I'm well aware, 
people can be very obstinate and very firm in our beliefs. Oh, you have to believe strongly because oftentimes you don't always get confirmation that what you believe in exists. That's very true. I have yet to meet the twins myself, but I hope someday that I can do so and hopefully show them that I'm doing what they were hoping for. Here it is. Tell me more of these twins. Well, Nargo and Rizmak were born and raised together. Nargo, a half-orc of considerable strength and wisdom beyond what could be expected. And Rizmak, a human of strength, constitution, and high care. And the two of them went out many strong adventures. They, they laid warriors to the world, in a sense. They caused a calamity here, and there's a lot of stories as to why they did so. I, I choose to believe they did so to stop a great evil. I may be wrong, but I'll find that out in time. Nevertheless, the two of them, they represent strength. They represent rebellion. They represent the idea that no matter who you are, you have the ability to rise up, and you have the ability to take control of your fate. I have to say, I like the way they think. Something I very much agree with myself. I'm glad to hear you say that. It's a bit different from how the Children of Light taught, but I think I prefer this mindset a bit better. What do they teach? The Children of Light believe that the only way to spread the message of the Twins was to do so by force. Those that opposed the ideas of the Twins were nothing more than stepping stones to be pushed down or eliminated. There was a lot, a lot of bloodshed. Sometimes it took more than putting a sword into a body. We had groups that were focused on sneaking in, taking them out before they even had a chance to defend themselves. That was the Dawn's Edge. I, I was part of the Sun's Glare, the unit that was focused on straightforward power and might. I imagine that made him rather not popular with anyone. The Children of Light believed that the only way to spread the message of the Twins was to do so by force. Those that opposed the ideas of the Twins were nothing more than stepping stones to be pushed down or eliminated. There was a lot, a lot of bloodshed. Sometimes it took more than putting a sword into a body. We had groups that were focused on sneaking in, taking them out before they even had a chance to defend themselves. That was the Dawn's Edge. I, I was part of the Sun's Glare, the unit that was focused on straightforward power and might. So they got blind loyalty. What we say and ask no questions. That's how we were raised. Growing up, they used to tell us stories of the twins, their great exploits, how they went out and laid waste to anyone who dared oppose them. Those stories were the lessons the Children of Light taught. It wasn't until recently that I learned that those stories weren't truly the great tales of their exploits. They were, they were just children's stories that the Children of Light adapted to suit their needs. Sounds less like a church and more like a brainwashed military. I've heard the word cult used from time to time. I don't agree, disagree with it at this point. That's why I'm making my own path. It's why I call myself a Tudak of the Crimson Dawn, and not Child of Light. 
It represents a new beginning, a new chance, and that's what I hope for in the future. I think the children of light were wrong at what the twins wanted. I believe the twins were trying to make a utopia, a place where everyone could live together with no fear of retribution against them. I hope that someday I can help them achieve that utopia. I'm sure you will at least play a part of it. A good sign that you've already turned to this new path. It's hard to break free from what you know when you've been raised like that. I once knew another she was a drow and she became a paladin such as herself after spending a long time serving an evil. Sometimes you just need to have your eyes opened and realize you do have a choice. I agree with that, although I will say that sometimes some remnants of the past are good to have around. For example, these coins that I carry around my neck. They're a burial rite of the Children of Light. They represent... I think it's better to just say the poem. One copper for the gravedigger, to soften the soil and help you ascend. One copper for the herald, to announce your arrival as that of a friend. One silver for the sister, for giving you courage to do what is right. One silver for the brother, for giving you strength to fight every fight. These coins were the ones that someone who I considered a friend put in my hands as I lay on the battlefield. I keep them now as a reminder that though I was once thought dead, I'm more alive than ever. Good reminder indeed. We'll never go back to being that person, but now you know what signs to look for and... Perhaps you can help others who are trapped in such a mindset as you once were yourself. I certainly hope that's the case. I will say that at some point I'll need to face my past and I do not look forward to that day. The fact of the matter is, to them, I'm a dead man. And that's something I'll have to deal with. You never know. Perhaps they'll see you as resurrected. You may be the one to help show them the, the actual light. Show them another way of being. I doubt it, but I can hope. I certainly don't consider myself a prophet or messiah or anything like that. I... I was just a soldier. And that's what I'll continue to be. For Anna. For Skizix and Stacy. For Kaka, For Zara. I will be their protector even if they may not ask for it. I'm sure they appreciate you. I'm glad to find to hear that you found such a good group. They've been a great help, and I wouldn't give that up for anything. Perhaps in the future you'll be able to pay that forward. I hope so. I think I'll have the opportunity in the future. Like I said, I think Anastasia's coming around to my mindset. She's been asking a lot of questions about as I can provide the answers she seeks. I think it's, I think it's part of a, a sense of not so much an apology for nearly killing me, but in a sense to better understand where I came from and who I am. Only more people were open to asking such questions. Very true. It does seem like sometimes people just take things at face value. Especially with the group I travel with. Anna, who uses her own life force as a way to power her abilities. Skizix, a 
goblin that launches lightning with little more than a flick of the wrist. You have Stacy, who, despite her youthful demeanor, is extremely powerful. Sometimes even to myself a bit frightening. There's Kakaw, who, again, he could probably take an eye out from a hundred yards away if given the chance. Zara, who... <laughs> who's kept us alive more than anyone using her music and her magic. They've... We've certainly become a motley crew. Can't really put it any other way. But we're a family. Uh, sometimes the strangest families are the best. It's certainly very strange, but... They've been more of a family to me in the short time I've known them than the Children of Light were my entire time growing up there. I'm grateful to have them. And it sounds like you're already doing quite a bit of good with them. I think we've been doing... I think we've been doing a fair bit of good. We've finally gotten ourselves out from under the thumb of the Arbiters, getting Anna some much-needed freedom from those who have beaten her down, and we can forge our own path now. I'd, I don't know where it'll lead us, but I think the twins have set the path for us, and I'm interested to see where it goes. As am I. But all this talk is making me thirsty. I could use another mead. How about you? Sounds wonderful. While we're at it, why don't you tell me more about yourself? I can't spend this whole time running the conversation. That's not normally my thing. Oh, it's been very interesting. I enjoy traveling and hearing people's stories. It's most of what I do nowadays. Interesting to see why people adventured and who they found along the way and how that's changed them and changed the way they see the world and sometimes even changed how the world sees them. Sounds like you have many a story to tell. But I do. <sighs> well, maybe after the mead we can talk a little more about your stories. I did see you eyeing my weapon though. I can understand why. It certainly isn't normal issue for the Children of Light, or anyone else for that matter. I was curious about that. <laughs> this here is, as I like to call it, Nargo's Rose. One of the stories of Nargo himself is that he used a felled tree as a weapon. Not a branch, mind you. The whole tree. So that's what I tried to emulate here. You can see near the handle are these roots, as though it was plucked fresh from the ground. But then, when you get up near the top, these spikes and thorns coming to this large copper point at the tip. May not be exactly what Nargo used, but I think it fits my needs just as well. You should see it when I channel some divine energy through it. Then, it really comes into bloom. I would love to see that someday, and I believe you're actually closer than most people get. <sighs> as much as I would love to show it off right now, I think if we were to do that here, we would probably either get into a fight or get thrown out. And either way, I'm not finished with my mead yet, so... Perhaps after another few rounds. Just have to make sure there's not a bar fight going on. I've been in enough of those as it is. Once is plenty for me. Don't worry, most of the people here know better than to try and pick a fight with me. 
There's that strength you're talking about again. What does the future hold for you? I believe more wandering, more learning more about those who heed the call to adventure. Never really stay in one place for very long, but I do tend to return. That's good. I would love to hear more of your stories, and I think a few people will be very interested in speaking with you. You seem to know more than you let on, so... She doesn't say anything, she just smirks. <laughs> or not the wrong word. I may not be the best at reading people, but even I could figure that out. I gave up trying to be too subtle a long time ago. Subtlety was never my strong suit. I'm as subtle as... Well, as the weapon I wield. If you ask me, sometimes subtlety is overrated. <laughs> Unless you're trying to break into somewhere. Then it's much more useful. For me, breaking doesn't necessarily need to include the word in. Whatever works for you. Another round, then? Another round sounds fantastic. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. Waffles Maple Syrup, and we play Pathfinder 2E and all sorts of different TTRPGs. You're about to listen to our time travel homebrew campaign called Time Has Passed. Check it out! Doldren just comes charging up this way towards where uh, L ran off to and sees that rune still there and Tanagal attacking uh, L and be like, 
I said the rune! As he just mm. turns, charges at it, and I again, just jumps, leaps, and swings with them all. Why would anybody want to be a human? That's stupid. If... Most people don't get a choice. I mean, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool. <laughs> so, That's a lot of damage! I have no weapons aside from my body. Oh dear. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, oh my. You see this humanoid shape enclosed in a white robe form in the void of your dreams. As we zoom into where his face should be, there is nothing but blackness. The blackness that leaks from his hood begins to enshroud your mind, wrapping around you in this space. I need all of you to make a will saving throw. And if you like what you just heard, search Waffles Maple Syrup, one word, and give us a subscribe. Thanks!